too early to say whether this is a good move or not by Minister Lynn Brown. Yes, I believe it is, uh, because um, you know, in this environment, talk is cheap, uh, and it's best to judge people by their actions, and more, of course, by the results of their actions. So I think to judge a person you know, on the day of appointment or shortly before his appointment um, you know, would be premature. But, of course, uh, the public uh, seemed to remember that Mr. Koko was implicated in that state of capture report uh, for signing a document approving prepayment of 600,000 uh, rand uh, to, uh, um, uh, uh, to the Gupta-owned Tegeta Exploration and Resources. What would the implications of that now be on his new role as acting chief executive? Now, look, first of all, I don't want to make any allegations, and I'm not making allegations, uh, but just to talk about one or two things that are well and truly already in the, in the public domain. Of course, Mr. Coker himself was not implicated in the um, public protector report. Uh, what was implicated was a lot of uh, suspicious behavior uh, surrounding uh, um, uh, Mr. Malefi, and uh, the, Gupta, the Guptas uh, in respect of the Tegeta deal and other, and other deals. Um, so uh, the question is, uh, what is Mr. Kalko's involvement? Well, what we do know from the public record is that he, his signature <coughs> was on the agreement uh, for a prepayment of something like uh, 600 billion, sorry, something like 800 billion rand, uh, a prepayment uh, to Tegeta. Uh, that signature was on a document that was revealed by carte blanche. Uh, Mr. Coco originally denied uh, you know, that he had been involved in any way, uh, but when confronted with his signature on the document, uh, he admitted that, in fact, uh, he, he had signed the prepayment. And, of course, the story then changed, uh, and then uh, the, the story was now that the prepayments are actually a very common thing and nothing unusual, but strange that he would... Uh, therefore deny it uh, mm. until confronted. So that, that's in the public domain, and that draws him uh, in, you know, into this uh, matter. Uh, as head of generation, uh, he's responsible for coal procurement for, for ESCOM. Uh, so uh, although he's not mentioned in the public uh, protective report, um, uh, he, ha- he is implicated to some extent, uh, the extent of which is not clear, and uh, perhaps will come out, uh, you know, through this judicial mm. inquiry if it ever goes ahead. There is, of course, also that pending constitutional court uh, judgment relating to that uh, steam generator Kuburg nuclear plant deal. And, you know, that also, again, will no doubt bring greater public scrutiny. Yes, and it will depend on the outcome of a court judgment that is awaited eagerly uh, by the media, you know, in respect of this uh, matter. So uh, uh, there was a judgment by the Supreme Court of Appeal which declared a 6 billion rand contract, a steam generator contract, uh, for the replacement of steam generators at Kuburg Power Station. Uh, the, the, the judge uh, in the SCA, the judges, ruled that this uh, contract was unlawful and set it aside. Uh, Eskom immediately appealed to the Constitutional Court. The matter was heard in court. Uh, and we're waiting for the judgment. Uh, we don't know what the outcome will be. Uh, but the point is that uh, Mr. Coco was, in fact, the head of technology and commercial at Eskom at the time when that contract was awarded to Arriva. And um, he's since become, of course, the head of generation. Uh, and, and he is therefore responsible for Kuburg. Uh, he continues uh, with that responsibility. 
And, uh, of course, if the judge rules against Eskom, if the Concord rules against Eskom, I think it will be uh, quite damaging uh, for the former head of technology and commercial, the head of generation, and, in fact, now the acting CEO. Uh, we don't know what the outcome is, and I'm not making allegations. I'm just mm. saying that when a judgment is made, if it is against Eskom, uh, he will be drawn into uh, another controversy uh, that he will have to deal with as the CEO, uh, and, uh, you know, the buck stops with him. Mm. Now, given those pending issues, um, again, is there a broader pool that the minister could actually select from, or is she limited in the choices that she has here? Well, of course, there is a much broad, broader pool um, within Eskom. Uh, I think uh, they, they, I, I would have been a bit more cautious because, uh, you know, you know it, it, choosing somebody from the board of Eskom when the board has been severely criticised, even declared um, improperly appointed uh, by the public, the former public protector, um, uh, you know, that kind of limits one's options a bit. Um, uh, and also the, the executive uh, of, of Eskom may or may not, uh, you know, be involved. We don't know. Uh, the point is, uh, you know, that I think they have chosen somebody internally, uh, you know, as an interim measure, of course. It's, it's, a, it's an acting appointment. Um, but I guess one needs somebody to maintain that continuity uh, until a permanent appointment is made. And, of course, a permanent appointment could take six months, six months or also to, to, to make. We don't know exactly, but in, in, if you look at other state enterprises, there have been several cases where, where, where they've gone without a, you know, in an acting CEO capacity for some time. So one does need somebody who knows the ropes uh, that can guide the ship, uh, even in an interim and acting capacity, uh, in the months ahead. Well, Chris Yellen, thank you so much for your time this morning, Managing Director at EE Publishers.